The past four months have shed a light on the ongoing racial injustices facing our African-American community. Citizens around the country have used their voices and platforms to speak out against these wrongdoings. Over the last few days in our home state of Wisconsin, we've seen the horrendous video of Jacob Blake being shot in the back seven times by a police officer in Kenosha and the additional shooting of protesters. Despite the overwhelming plea for change, there has been no action. So our focus today cannot be on basketball. When we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves to that standard. And in this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officers be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin State Legislature to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote on November 3rd on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, welcome back, y'all. This is episode 145 of NBA, the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit. Mostly we're just talking about a shit. Uh, today's not really that day. Today's not really that day. It's, uh, I think, um, you know, we'll just get right into it, guys. Obviously, yesterday was a pretty monumental and historic day uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, in, uh, in all of sports, there have been a few scenarios throughout the, the history of sports where players have used their platform um, to stand up and stand out against um, wrongful doings and uh, uh, you know things that are going on in, in popular culture at that time. Uh, Muhammad Ali was well known for this. Bill Russell was well known for this. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was well known for this. Um, uh, 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 the, the gentleman's name from the Nuggets is escaping me. Um, Mahmoud Abdul-Rahid Rashid Raouf um, I always forget the full name. I have it In any case, um, Colin Kaepernick, to name a few. And uh, yesterday was one of those days. Yesterday was one of those days where uh, athletes who, in the current circumstances um, that we're in, in America, are the predominant uh, black figures in America. Um, we don't have concerts. We don't really have much in the we form of the culture of- if it's not for black people. I, was, I had a, I had a, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. A, I was building up to something. I'm let me, sorry. <laughs> let, me let me finish. Um, yesterday was a monumentous day. Um, obviously the world is crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, the Jacob Blake shooting in, in Kenosha, uh, which is only 40 minutes from Chicago. Um, and I was not too far from there two weeks ago, um, set the world ablaze. Um, and the Milwaukee Bucks elected to take the first step. Obviously the Milwaukee Bucks having Sterling Brown on their roster, somebody who he himself, uh, dealt with police brutality. Uh, I believe it was last summer. Um, two summers, uh, two summers ago, maybe where he was. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It was him last summer. It was DJ Wilson two summers ago. No, that's not true. DJ Wilson was three summers ago. I don't think anything happened to DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson got, wasn't he the one who got tasered by the cops? No, that was, that was Sterling oh. Brown. That and was DJ Sterling Wilson Brown. was the one where the cops got called on him when he went to the jewelry store. No, that was Thabo Savalosha. We're getting there. What? I that's thought DJ Wilson had something too. No. Not Sorry. at all. Not at all. It's okay. It's okay. Anywho, um, guys, uh, as we know, the the NBA as a collective um, 
boycotted the games yesterday. Uh, today, the games were boycotted as well. Um, this Can we not call it a boycott? Can we just call it a strike? strike. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, because that's what that's what it should be sure. called. That's what that's it is. That's fine. Um, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, they chose not to play uh, yesterday as a strike, uh, as a stance against police brutality. Um, and and it trickled down throughout not only the entire NBA but really through all sports uh, yesterday. The WNBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, um, all the major sports uh, had postponements or players choosing to uh, strike and stand up against this. Uh, and it continues today and, and probably will continue through most of the weekend. Um, and obviously there's a lot of emotions, both uh, mostly mostly negative um, in certain circles. Let's just acknowledge that. Um, but um, I can't help but feel a sense of um, at least the feeling that I had yesterday, I should say, um, just a sense of bliss, uh, in the form of, uh, being an NBA fan, you know, the three of us having an NBA podcast, uh, and being in a position where these players, uh, stood for something that they believed in. Um, uh, Nikki, we'll start with you. Um, we were texting throughout the day yesterday. Um, what were your thoughts on the strike, uh, on the stance that the players took, um, and on some of the things that you've read thus far? Uh, I was very happy about it. Actually, like very, very, very happy, very proud to say that I like I watched the NBA and like I'm so happy that they I truly wish they would continue. I know they won't. I know they'll con- go back to playing the games, but like it, it, where we are in the world, all of these rich, famous black people have been stepping up like crazy in very good ways and have been showing from beginning to end. I, the person who truly paved the way from the beginning was Maya Moore. She completely, she was like, I'm not getting paid. Fuck it. I'm going to go help make sure people don't get thrown in jail illegally. Kyrie Irving said, oh, okay. All of you WNBA players want to, you know, go and help people and they're not going to pay you uh, because you're not playing. I got your salaries. And every single step of the way, it's been stepping up more and more people helping each other for the greater good and building a community. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I've been so happy to see it. And every single person who has been, you know, backing them every way, all of the organizations, all of the referees, everyone who has been backing. It's so nice to see. And it makes, it truly brings like a bright spot in my heart. That being said, all the rest of you who are trying to say, shut up and dribble saying that they're just rich people complaining, trying to come up with excuses for a fucking murderer. Go fuck yourself. And I know that sounds rude, but I don't fucking care. Fuck you. This entire podcast has been about Black Lives Matter. If it wasn't for black people, as I already said, America wouldn't have a single thing of culture. Fuck you, you racist pieces of shit. If you listen to this podcast and you think all lives matter, go fuck yourself. Stop listening to this podcast right now. Go read a fucking book. That's all I feel like saying. That is. I mean, good for the players. Um, I don't know what else you're supposed. What, what like? I saw this tweet that JJ Redick, I think, retweeted or liked, and that's how it came up on my feed. And you see this stuff all the time, but I just don't. I, I guess I can't understand like what, what people are supposed to do every every action of protest 
is always, well, no, not like that. Don't protest like that. Do it, you know, do. And like nothing changes and nobody ever wants to have the conversation. It's like, let's just kick the can down the road. Right. And I, frankly, like I'm, I'm at a loss. Like I'm at the point where I pretty much support people who are rioting and doing all of those things because like, if you won't pay attention when we kneel and I shouldn't say we, but you know what I mean? Like from the, the, the perspective of, of marginalized, um, black people, frankly, you know, if, if you, if you say we can't kneel, if you say we can't, you know, wear black lives matter t-shirts to things like if you can't, you know, there's all these things you say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Well, well, okay. What do you want us to do? And like, you don't listen when that nobody listens. People mocked Colin Kaepernick, you know, people made it a political issue when it, I frankly, the murder of human beings shouldn't be a political issue. And, um, yeah, man, I just don't know what else you're supposed to do. So, I mean, good for these guys for drawing attention to it, but it, I mean, it's, it's hot. I, I just can't understand it. I just, I can't. And like, I also, you know, I, 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 you know, I have to try harder, I think, than, than others to understand it because I am white. I was born in a, you know, middle-class white family, right? Like, you know, I don't, I've never had to deal with this kind of thing ever in my entire life, but I, I just, I can't, I just find, I can't understand it. Like there are, there are bad people in the world. There are bad people of all races, of all genders, of all nationalities, of all ethnicities, of all cultures, etc. But I've been, I've sped before I've, you know, done illegal things in my life. I don't, think that I have ever deserved to be murdered for those things. Just like all of these people who have been senselessly murdered by police officers don't deserve to be murdered. My favorite thing is like they, they, everybody always pulls out the rap sheet, right? Well, you know, he did this and he did this and he was arrested for, you know, breaking and entering and all this stuff. Great. Fine. He can go to jail. That's not a fucking death sentence and it never should be. Not to mention. Sorry. I was just saying not to mention it. One, it's literally always, not at the exact same time that they were shot and killed. It had nothing exactly, to do right. this, this time, the guy, they were like, he had a record. Yes. Yeah, six years ago, he had a knife in his car. You want something yeah. very, very interesting. That 17 year old kid has been arrested nine times before nine, four for drugs, three times for disobeying an officer. And all the other times were for illegally owning guns. Say some shit yeah. about that kid. Well, no, but what do they do? They put a picture of him cleaning graffiti. I was like, oh, that poor kid who shot three people. He was cleaning graffiti just the other day. No, that kid's a fucking piece of shit. That kid is going to rot in jail for maybe two years because he's going to fucking die in there. Or they're going to have to put his ass in isolation and he'll probably kill himself. All because he thought he was some fucking big boy with a gun. He ain't fucking shit. I'm sorry I'm so mad, guys. I truly am. You know I'm never like this. but. It's it's insane that we have to stand here like this. That I had like I already told the guys before we started recording. Most of my day today was explaining to customers that I don't want to have to explain to them why a man doesn't deserve to die. That was my whole, entire day. And people were like, "Why do you care so much? You're not black." 
fuck you. I care about other people. And also, I have been harassed by the cops. I've been pulled over multiple times with no tickets given to me. I've been stopped in the middle of the street, told I look exactly like the drug dealer they need to find. That happened to me once when I was fucking nine years old. I'm not selling drugs as a fucking nine-year-old. Every day out here, all these fucks look at me until they realize I work there. Then they treat me better. Fuck you. I'm sorry. Again, guys, I, I'm real emotional. This has been real. I've been... It's all because, like, outside of this shit, talking to you guys, my whole day is talking to rich, white, fucking assholes who are racist as shit. Who fucking look at me and like, I didn't think you can count that well. An actual sentence told to me. Oh, can you speak English? An actual fucking sentence told to me. I had the cops called on me while I was waiting to go to work once. That's how my life is. And I'm not black. So the thing I get to go is, oh, hello, sir. I have a bow tie. I'm cool. And they leave me the fuck alone. That doesn't happen. The darker your skin, the more likely you are to fucking die at the hands of the people whose only fucking job is to help you. And then afterwards, every one of these fucking people are like, well, let's figure out reasons why we can make the black guy a bad person. No, you're the bad person. Look in on yourself. I, uh, I'd be remiss. Uh, and and I'd, I'd obviously, you know, I stand with you. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the positive aspects of the strike and, and, and what the players are setting out to do. Um, obviously there's still a lot that needs to happen uh, in terms of planning and execution of the strike. Um, but according to Shams, a lot of the conversations uh, that were led by players. And for those of you who have been following the events, or I said, Shay, those of you who haven't been following the events last night, the teams met, the Lakers and Clippers both elected to cancel the season. Uh, the rest of the teams elected to try to figure out a way to keep the season going. Uh, it sounds like the WNBA has also done the same thing um, to keep that going. There's just there's a lot involved here uh, to not continue the season. Um, there's CBAs in place. If the players were to elect to cancel the season, the owners have every right to rip up the CBA, uh, and we'd be facing a lockout next season. Um, fine. You can fine. call that what you want. There's a lot more. There's a lot more involved with that, though. It's not just. It's not just a matter of like millionaires, billionaires. Like, there's many other people that whose whose livelihood comes from the NBA. It's not. It's not just owners and NBA players. And not all the NBA players are are living this life of luxury that people assume that they live. Um, so there's a lot at stake here. I, I think the the important thing is that conversations have been had. Uh, according to Shams. Um, Players are holding owners accountable. The reality is that they calculated this morning. There's roughly two billion dollars worth of uh, net uh, uh, net worth across the entirety of NBA ownership, and that's you know majority and minority minority owners um, at varying levels um, within multiple businesses. Um, most of which, which I found this enlightening, most of which uh, most of the owners, I should say, um, or most of the portions of the NBA. Uh, we're supporting Democratic candidates throughout this entirety of uh, of the voting process. There were only a few members uh, of, of the NBA. Well, I'm just saying, like, there was only four members of note in the entirety of the NBA that donated to Donald Trump. Um, the Houston zo- Rockets owner? Yeah, Tilman Fertitta was one. Uh, the chairman for the Orlando Magic, who is Betsy DeVos's stepbrother, I believe. Um, yeah, the like multiple DeVos family people are part of the Magic. 
yeah, yeah I think they, right. yeah. the ownership uh, group. It, it, I think I'm going to pick a new team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I the mean, magic is run by terrible people. It, it really is, and it's a hard thing to support, frankly. Like they I are, also have they to are, say something. They are, go ahead. Sorry, real quick. If it's $2 billion that they worry about, didn't we just talk earlier this year about Steve Baller, Ballmer spending a billion dollars in cash to buy a place? Those no. owners can afford all that shit. That's they just the don't I'm, want to pay it. It's not the point I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is that there is enough net worth across the NBA uh, where the, the the players are forcing their hand, which is 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 a positive. Uh, a lot of the conversations that I was having yesterday was like, cool. They took a stand. That's awesome. You know, similar to Tommy Smith and John Carlos, that's great. Now what? Like, what's the goal here? What's the like? What's the end goal? What's the outcome? Um, I think the beauty is that they are forcing the conversation with the uh, powers that be within their own organizations. I know the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday um, were forcing the hand of their ownership group, who their ownership group, I will say, is has been incredibly supportive throughout all of this. And honestly, their ownership group was also. Uh, part of the team that was trying to get the DNC in Milwaukee this year. So the ownership group of the Milwaukee Bucks is a very progressive group overall. Um, they have asked that ownership group, and the ownership group, to their credit, has listened. Uh, they asked, they had called the DA's office in the state of Wisconsin, um, and this is just the the start of what appears to be um, some real movement across. I mean, let's call it what it is: rich white men who have influence uh, politically or otherwise. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I am in higher spirits uh, overall, just by the fact that um, the only the only black celebrities of note that are in the in in the zeitgeist as we speak um, are taking a stand. They're using their platform for a positive thing. Uh, this has never happened. We've asked for this for time for for years and years and months and months. Um, you know, George Hill was talking about it before the bubble started. He was under the impression that we probably shouldn't have had basketball at all. Um, the NBA did what they did what they could to raise more awareness. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, I was listening to the Ringer podcast um, last night, and Rob Mahoney, who's one of their staff writers, was like basically mentioning that you know the NBA players went into the bubble fighting for Breonna Taylor, and they weren't even able to make it through the bubble with the one cause that they had before another one cropped up, and at that point. Um, they could do they could do no more. Um, it was very clear, and and I was listening to an interview this morning with Malika Andrews. Um, the the sentiment across the NBA was that over the last couple of weeks, a lot of these players' heads weren't in it for a variety of reasons. I mean, they've been there for seven weeks. Some players were just ready to go home, point blank. Others were just felt like they weren't doing enough. Wanted to go out and protest, couldn't because of the bubble. Um, and this was their stance. Um, it does sound like and this morning the NBA players and, and ownership group came to an agreement that uh, they will continue the season. Um, it will be very interesting to see um, how they approach these matters as they continue the bubble. I'm curious to know what you guys think or what you – well, not even so much what you think. What would you like to see – uh, and Nikki, we'll start with you. What would you like to see the players do with the duration of the bubble time that they have left to to continue to bring awareness to everything that's going on? I would like them to not only continue doing everything they've been doing is good. I also think 
the one thing players need to do every single time is continuously put pressure on those rich white men that own these teams. Because we already know all of those people have had dinners with all of these cops, with Donald Trump, with everyone else that is all at the top. We already know that. Most of the people already give money towards somebody, some sort of political thing. They need to be doing more. $30 million amongst 30 teams over 10 years is not enough because that's what they announced they would do. They'll give $30 million to black organizations. They didn't say what organization, just that they would eventually. They, in a sense, would say, hey, each one of us is willing to give an Otto Porter's worth of fucks for black people. A million dollars a year. That's nothing. That's that's fucking horseshit. As I already said, with a billion dollars cash, Steve Ballmer bought a fucking thing. All of the people who own all of these teams with a snap of their finger have enough money to make ridiculously huge changes in our world. I need the players to vocally put all of the pressure on these ridiculously rich people who own these teams and force them to finally do something because all this bullshit is, and this is all corporate America that does this all the time. It's all showy. We care. Here's a pride flag. Here's a fist. We'll put a black square up. They don't give a shit. Put your money where your mouth is. Start using all your ridiculous. Cause all of these billionaires got it by fucking someone over. No one becomes a billionaire through good means. You have to fuck people over to become as rich as all of these owners are. They know that. Now is the one time to flip the switch and start doing good things. You're all above the age of 60. You've had enough of a life of being a piece of shit. Start doing good. And that's all I want is the players to continue pressuring all of their owners to change their ways and help America, minorities, and everyone else. All marginalized groups, all of America, together, and it's, it has to happen through all their fucking money because everybody tries to act like the money isn't the reason that everyone does everything they do. All of those fucking politicians will do whatever you say if you give them money. That's why they all do the bullshit that they do now because the people giving them all the money are the NRA and the cigarette people and fucking huge-ass corporations. My fucking boss, the head of Chase, that guy's a piece of shit who donates all that stuff. You guys have all been pieces of shit for years. Your entire lives. Do something. I think the players are doing so much. LeBron James got a bunch of fucking stadiums to start allowing votes. That's a huge deal. All of the money donated, everything. I don't think I want more from the players. I want more from the billionaires. That's what I want. Because shit changes when a billionaire fucking says something has to happen. Because they have the money to force people to change. That's what you want to try to fucking act like you care. Start showing, do something. The fucking owner of the Houston Rockets stopped donating so much money to the goddamn Houston Police Department. Same shit goes for the fucking Magic. Same shit goes for the fucking Kings. Same shit goes for the fucking Pelicans. All of you. You're billionaires. You no longer you won. You don't have to keep being pieces of shit. Fucking try to be good for once. Uh, Tad, any uh, any thoughts? What would you like to see from the esteemed NBA players uh, if we are going to continue the the playoffs? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know what else like you want them to do, right? Yep. Like, I just don't know. Um, I'd be good with no more basketball for a while. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. I hate it, you know, but I'm I'm good with that. I think it's kind of interesting. Like, we all kind of – we. I mean, you can go back and listen to the episodes. We kind of clowned Kyrie on this podcast about, like, his stance towards this thing. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, hmm, Kyrie was probably right. No, I, I don't know that we – I don't know if we clowned him necessarily, but like we, you know, we were basically like, oh, like, hey, you know, them going out and playing and doing this stuff actually gives them a better platform. But I, I think in hindsight, like I was probably wrong. I mean, I think it, I think it does like there is, there is a point to be made that like viewership was at an all time high. The eyeballs were there. So it's not like, it's not like they were getting zero visibility. I think if we listen back to the tape, we were all kind of on the fence as to how we felt about Kyrie's statements. I think there was some there was some truth to what he was saying. I think there was also a case to be made that like being in front of everybody was going to was going to be a positive. Um and some conversations were had. Some NBA players brought up Brianna Taylor throughout their interviews and like it was a constant source of of information and 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 uh and and you know a constant source of conversation. I think if I were to say anything so here's the one thing, and this was just like this just came up in, in conversations with friends yesterday. Um, the point that I had kept trying to make to my friends who were like, "This is great, but like, what next? Like, nothing changes. They just took a stance, which is great in in as an as a as an action, as like a as a as, like the symbolism behind it. But like, what does it really do? My point to them was. What it does is it inspires others to take action in the way that they are capable of taking action. If I were to ask the NBA players for one thing, it would be to come out with a unified message as to what we, the NBA fans, can be doing in our own ecosystems, in our own worlds to affect change, right? Pushing and and empowering people and uh, and and pushing and reminding people to vote, you know, to register to vote, to register for mail-in voting, for all the different things that are necessary. Um, but also in the state of Wisconsin, like reminding us what offices we can call to demand resignations of uh, uh, deputy sheriffs and other lawmakers um, that are in question. Like take this opportunity and the platform that you have to empower the fans of your league uh, and by trickle down effects, allowing us to then affect those around us who may or may not be NBA fans and, and may may not even be aware of the message or the, the strike that occurred. That, that would be my big request is, is take the platform um, and, and educate those fans that are maybe not as educated as to what they can be doing. I think it, it feels very easy to feel lost and overwhelmed in situations like these because um, there's so many numbers to call and emails to send and, and, and it's easier to take no action. And I think uh, that would be my request is, is if you were unified in your strike, be unified in your messaging moving forward. I, I agree with that. And I, I'm looking one, obviously everyone do vote, but I'm also looking right now for the number you're supposed to call. I will say it on this goddamn podcast, which you should be calling. I got to find it. I've called them few times it takes you you will be put on hold 
some of the people who answer are not very nice, uh, but it shouldn't be surprising. Their whole day is getting phone calls from people saying, hey, hurry up and arrest this man. Um, yeah, by the way, out, Wisconsin, you're going to get a call from Tad's mom and Lauren. Yep. Uh, the uh, oh yeah. T- sorry to the, them for having to hear me scream and swear. By the way, the uh, officer in question is named uh, Officer Rustin Shesky. So when you call, Rustin Shesky is the officer who shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back. Um, why can't I find the actual friggin' thing now? Don't you guys just love that? You want to look up something to help, and now you can't find it. Well, we can also post it in the show notes. We don't necessarily have you, to read it off. Right you now. are true. That's we'll just post it in the show notes once I find it. I'm we'll sorry. Put it in the show notes. Um, I don't know. Uh, anything else you guys want to say on the matter? Black Lives Matter. Okay. Stop killing black people. Oh, also, fuck Brian Erlacher. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can second that. Sorry, the Bears just made an announcement. We they said we fully do not support him. Yeah, those hair plugs are clearly poisoning his brain. Yep. He's got to go back to just talking Sorry, about it. I had, I, had right. I had to add a little levity here. It wouldn't be right if we didn't make at least one. No, I know. We had to make – I know. And, like, obviously, as you guys see, like, I've, bright, I've lightened up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's I, radiating off of Really? I, I honestly didn't notice. I mean, literally, guys, I came here from work. I took a shower, and I was just like – Let's do this. This is this is what we're doing. Uh, so and yeah, my whole water on ice cold, brother. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I I actually did. I took a cold shower. I was like, I gotta calm the fuck down. Oh, that didn't help. <laughs> it didn't, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time, man. Like, Dad, I'm a fire. I'm a fiery Latino man. He's, he's a he's a very sweaty. He's a very sweaty boy. Yeah. Just runs the boy runs hot. I, uh, I, don't I, with, I don't disagree with anything you say. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I know. That's what we do. I but. know you guys don't. And I know everyone who actually listens here at this point, they're obviously, if you're, I mean, at this point, we've said it so many times and it's all over the fucking, the Instagram and the Twitter. If you're listening to us and you don't think Black Lives Matter, I think you're just doing this to ruin your own day. It's like, ugh. yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think obviously um, there's a lot to be upset about Can right I- now. Can I actually just say one thing? Sure. I just want to give LeBron James a shout out. Somebody who I have like said a lot of things about, not that I hate LeBron, but I mean, you know, I think people know, like I love LeBron, the basketball player, but I sometimes dislike LeBron, the corny ass human being. Right. Yeah. Just a lot of credit to him. Like, you know, giving millions of dollars to help register people to vote, getting play, more polling places for people to go vote, um, doing everything that he can um, to, to help this stuff and, and draw attention to it. I saw that he had a fucking call with Jared Kushner, that fucking rat weasel fuck. Uh, like that guy's going to fucking do anything. But I don't know I what mean, the fuck at, he even clocked him for. But at the end of the I, day, I, though, I mean. Kushner reached out to him, actually. Or he, Kushner. Kushner said he wants to, to talk to him. To him. He was going to reach out to him. I don't know yeah. if that actually happened. Because I, I he wants thought, to tell him to shut up that, and dribble in private. I thought I saw that they they did talk, but I may have I may have misunderstood. But either either way, like just a big shout out to LeBron and also a shout out to LeBron and the Clippers or the Lakers and and the Clippers as well for saying like, hey, we don't want to play. Um or we we shouldn't play. I mean I also understand that there are people's livelihoods like NBA, like not every NBA player makes $35 million a year. Like LeBron does. I understand that. Right, but at the same right. time, 
I mean, you got to respect LeBron for the platform that he has and, and using it yeah. to draw attention yeah. to this stuff. So 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know many other stars that would have done that in recent memory in any sport of his, of his caliber, right? Obviously George Hill fucking shout out to George Hill, shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks, shout out to Sterling Brown, uh, who were the guys from what I understand who really drove the conversation with the Bucks. Um, But George Hill just doesn't, I mean, we know who George Hill is, but the masses don't know who George Hill is. They may remember him as a result of this, but LeBron James is who gets people talking when the two best teams in the NBA come out and say, we don't want to play anymore. Like cancel the fucking season that gets people talking. That's the type of shit that gets the owner saying, okay, okay, okay. What do you guys need? We want to get you guys back out there. What do you guys need? So I, I just like, I'm, I can't help but be in a, in, in a, in a, in a scenario and in a world recently where I mean, we were talking about this last night, like the three of us collectively at our own pace throughout our own times back and forth have gone through ebbs and flows of the emotions that one feels when being faced with and, and, and consuming all of this information. I mean, we've talked about this. I'm not necessarily before the quarantine. I wasn't necessarily a person that consumed what was going on in the world. I just kind of went through my emotions and. When I came home, I I threw the office on and back to it the next day and didn't really pay attention to this stuff. Now this is the things these are the things that are front and center all day long, every day, and 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 you can't help really but consume it. Um and it fucks with your head. It fucks with your head. And, and I, I I take yesterday as a victory. I think yesterday was was massive. Um I, I couldn't help but but have a sense of pride. Uh the Milwaukee Bucks will forever have a fan in me moving forward. Likewise. Um 100 percent um and i think also credit goes out to the raptors who before the bucks decided were already talking about either a boycotting the game and not playing at all or going home altogether so this was not necessarily something just happening with the bucks i think it was symbolic for the bucks who play 40 miles away from where the shooting occurred to have taken that first step um the brewers of course also following suit so shout out to them um, I was as a sports fan, as a sports fan, I felt so much pride yesterday, um, witnessing this because this is going to be the craziest fucking year any of us has ever experienced. Um, no one will ever forget 2020. No. And this is, it's, you In know, probably the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but this is, uh, this is one of those moments where you look at what's happening and uh, and they did the right thing. They did the right thing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what happened with Donald Sterling and whether or not the Clippers made the right choice at the time to to play. And, um, you know, this one unequivocally was uh, an awesome decision by the Milwaukee Bucks, an awesome decision by the NBA. And I'm just proud. I feel a sense of pride. I do want to say one other quick thing you mentioned like it's all in your face and it's front and center and it's, there's a lot. And to me, it's exhausting to me sometimes and it's hard. And like, I don't have to deal with this stuff on a daily basis. Like I, I don't, I don't encounter any of this on a, on a daily basis, but I want to say two things. One, if you're exhausted, 
it's okay. Like you can take a step back from it briefly, but don't, don't, don't walk away completely. Number two, if you're this exhausted as a person like me or a person who, you know, comes from a place of privilege where like you don't have to experience this every day, imagine how exhausting it must be to live it. Yeah. Yeah. And to Tad's point, like, don't feel like you don't feel like you're a bad person. If you need a date to just like veg out, watch some shitty movies and just like recharge your battery. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human and we've all done it and we're all going to continue to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Anything else you guys want to say? I love you guys. I love you too, buddy. I, I truly do. I love you too. Oh, Not you, Jay, you, just you, Nikki. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Over the airways, hug and all that sort of shit. Day, you son of a bitch. Well, um, Obviously, this is not your typical MBA episode. Um, yeah, it's really pretty much a mini-sode at this point. It kind of is a mini-sode, but we'll keep it in the feed as a as a typical episode. Obviously, um, you know the season should be returning uh, either today when you're listening to this or um, this coming Saturday. So um, we'll have more actual NBA stuff to talk about. I shouldn't say actual NBA stuff. We will have more basketball to talk about uh next week um but we're this is not this is not the end of this conversation um nor should it be so um i won't put it as eloquently as nikki did but if this is not your if this is not your type of nba podcast um that's okay there are over a thousand you have many to choose from good luck finding one that doesn't support black lives matter yeah and also, if you don't support like Black Lives Matter and you're into the NBA, you should probably just stop. Pick a, pick a new sport. <laughs> it's a weird choice. It's a We're weird, talking to you, Utah Jazz fans. Not weird. all of you, but far too many. I mean, fuck. If Mitt Romney can come out for BLM, like, what are you guys doing? How does Rit- Mitt Romney come out? How in four fucking years Mitt Romney went from the worst possible Republican to the greatest Republican? And well, all he did is. I know he's still a terrible person. I'm going to just, just say this. There's the, the, don't get too caught up in the, uh, Oh, well, no, hold on. Hold on. Look, 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 like the, the political posturing of it all. No, no, he's a terrible person. I'm just saying like how in the eyes of, in a sense, centrists, uh, the, the Biden's and Kamala Harris's of the world is he, the good guy. Now he's still a terrible person, but that's just how terrible the, the fucking Republicans have become. Those stupid people from St. Louis just went on the goddamn RNC and was like, oh, we're so upset that that kid's going to get thrown in jail for something that we got yelled at for trying to do. It's like, fuck those people. And then you guys are correct about the whole break thing. Everyone needs to take a break from these sort of things. I have been around with this shit for a while. Yeah, I think you you need to take a break. Hey, hey, hey. I do take my break. I'm just saying. saying. I I take at this point, I take a break like once a week. Uh, so it's okay to take breaks. Don't feel bad if you take breaks, but if you try to come up with a reason as to why the black guy deserved to get killed or why it was okay for that white kid to kill peaceful people, you should feel bad about yourself. You're a bad person. All right. Well, um, I don't know that we need to plug today. I, don't nah, know that we need to plug I got today. one plug black lives matter. Well, um, and we will post in the show notes um, where you can call um, 
for the Kenosha city attorney for the mayor's office and the city admin um, and the department of justice um, in the state of Wisconsin. When you call, you might be put on hold. People might not be the nicest, but when they finally get through, all you got to do, I would like the officer who had, who had shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back to be charged with the attempted murder that he in fact committed. He attempted to murder that man. Talk to them about it. That's it. All right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out. Goodbye. Reported that four years ago today in a preseason game in Wisconsin, the Kaepernick first took a knee. No, this has never happened before, but I'm sure that Dr. Harry Edwards, Dr. John Carlos, Arthur Ashe, Jackie Robinson, and others have been praying for this day. Shout out to Kenny. They walked off. I wanted to have a voice in here because I feel like we only have the same couple voices talking during these times. So it was very important for me to come over here. I keep hearing the question like, what's next? What's next? Well, you got to plan what's next. You have to figure out what's next. Um, I'm very proud of the players. I don't know the next steps. Don't really care what the next steps are because the first steps are to garner attention. And they have everybody's attention around the world right now. Then leadership and others will get together and decide the next steps. So we know it won't end tomorrow. We know that there's been a million marches and nothing will change tomorrow. We know vote. We keep hearing vote. Everybody vote. But I'm here to speak for those that are always marginalized. Those that live in these neighborhoods where we preach and tell them to vote and walk away. Charles Barkley came to my high school. Just seeing him in the locker room, seeing his hands and his body, that inspired me. You can't see something. You can't be something until you see it. And when I tell you the little kids that have called me upset, I have a godson that has autism and I just had to explain to him why we aren't playing. I have young nephews that I've had to talk to about death before they've even seen it in a movie. If not now, when? If not during a pandemic <laughs> and countless lives being lost, if not now, when? That's, that's all I just want to hear from the rest of the night while everybody's pontificating and thinking and soapboxing and all of that. We know nothing is going to change. We get it. If Martin Luther King got shot and risked his life, Mega Evers, if we've seen this and all of our heroes constantly taken down, we understand it's not going to end. But that does not mean, young men, that you don't do anything. Don't listen to these people telling you don't do anything because it's not going to end right away. You are starting something for the next generation and the next generation to take over. Do you have to be smart? Yes. Do you have to make sure that you have a plan? Yes. Do you have to be articulate about that plan? Yes. All of those things. But that's what you're going to do. They're professionals. They know how to be the best of themselves. And so I applaud it. I applaud it because it is the young people. It is the young people leading the way. And I applaud them.